0: Hello, welcome to My Eyes for Ears, your Ophthalmology and Nocaps Board Review podcast. We're your hosts, Ben Young.
1: And Amanda Redfern. This week, we're going to continue doing our boards review, and we're going to do bilateral edema today, which is a fun topic.
0: And our usual disclaimer for these board review style episodes, these are quick hits, it is not gonna be anything thorough. We're not gonna go into zebras. It's more designed to help people study for their oral boards and to help prep for the clinic at the speed that one would prep for the, or one would think in the clinic. Okay, so we have a case. Let's say they just show you two fundus pictures and both of them have disc edema. Amanda, is the differential basically the same as unilateral disc edema times oh, two?
1: no, no, you fail. <laughs>
0: You just you just say it twice for the unilateral discidiva differential. You oh, have God. naion times two, or then bilateral going back to residency.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they have okay. What well, well what's the differential then? You bully.
1: So first and foremost, when you see both nerves swollen, you got to be thinking about things that would cause elevated intracranial pressure. So. The most common that we see is IIH or intracranial mass, but also you can't forget about venous sinus thrombosis. Other things to think about on your differential would be like an atypical optic neuritis or a hypertensive emergency. And then don't forget, you can have pseudoedema in both optic nerves or papillitis, like a uveitic papillitis.
0: Okay, so the differential is definitely. Very different, different for unilateral disc edema. What specific things are we looking for in our history?
1: So if it's not in your question stem already, uh, you definitely want to get some demographics, right? Because when we are thinking about IIH, we're thinking about the young woman of childbearing age um, who's recently gained weight or is already overweight. Obviously, intracranial masses can come at any other, any age. Atypical optic neuritis also can come at any age. So hypertensive emergency, maybe more considered in older populations. But again, anyone can be hypertensive. So really the young females, what's going to be helpful in the demographics. And then when you're taking the history, of course, you want to ask about weight gain, tetracycline class drugs. So that includes minocycline, birth control, vitamin E, history of clotting disorder I put in for... VSTs and not that it's necessarily board relevant but I usually ask about recent covid infection because they're hypercoagulable. That's just Oh, interesting. Tip. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a fair wow. amount of venous sinus thromboses uh, related to covid and so it's definitely become a question that I ask when I see someone's been referred for papilledema.
0: Off air. Have have you written that up? That sounds novel.
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, it's well known.
0: Yeah, true. But I guess it leading specifically to bilateral discodema is kind of interesting. I don't know. I mean...
1: Well, it's a VST. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I know, but uh, <laughs> <it's> like,
0: <laughs> I, I, whatever. Whatever. I, I just, I think that's interesting to, to think about with, with COVID. But, you know... Super
1: I guess fun. I would have to look that up. You know what? I'll put that on my to do list.
0: Okay. I I don't mean to add to the to do list. I just just find that interesting. I don't. Uh, Sorry, I took interest. I apologize.
1: No, I mean.
0: Academic interest in something that you taught me.
1: There are quite a few uh, neurofto manifestations uh, related to COVID that we're still cataloging. And so it has become a thing with, you know, finding out if you recently had COVID and seeing if it's temporarily related to your edema, your cranial nerve palsy, other weird crap that happens.
0: yeah, but but you know, back to the case, what symptoms should we be asking for in these bilateral edema patients?
1: So symptoms of uh, high intracranial pressure, which are going to be your daily headache that is worse with laying down because remember, gravity is our friend when our intracranial pressure is high. So if we're standing up, it should be not as uh, bad of a headache as if we're laying down. Uh, Pulsatile tinnitus, so hearing that whooshing sound in your ears, that blood pulsing through your transverse venous sinus, that's probably stenosed. Um, Transient visual obscurations. So this is when you're having dim outs or blackouts of your vision, specifically with leaning over. So, you know, that increased pressure on your nerves when you're bending over is really choking out your nerves. And then when you stand back up, that pressure goes down and then your vision comes back. People who have, you know, weird vision loss when they stand up quickly, I don't really, I don't personally count it because I'm like, well, it sounds like you're a little orthostatic hypotensive. But a lot of people will say, no, not when I bend over. But man, if I stand up real fast, I feel dizzy and my vision gets tunneled or goes away. I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, next.
0: Yeah. And then, I, I get that sometimes after like a long OR day and I like get up out of my car. I'm like, oh boy.
1: <laughs> ben, you yeah. have a brain tumor.
0: Okay, let's keep moving on. <laughs> let's move on.
1: So, uh, the next one is diplopia or double vision from your cranial nerve six palsies if you have them. So, make sure it's uh, asking about binocular horizontal diplopia.
0: And if you find those things, are those, do, if, let's say they have like all four of those things, is that specific to IIH?
1: No, just anything that raises the pressure in your head.
0: So, just IH is, that what, is what that means.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, high ICP.
0: Hi, yeah, 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 to be very specific. Cool. And then what if they have like no symptoms? You know, they came like, you know, maybe they were referred from, you know, an optometrist or someone, hey, this this person has bilateral disc edema, figure it out. But they have no symptoms.
1: I mean, I totally have IH patients who are asymptomatic and it was just caught on a routine eye exam, but for the most part, they're symptomatic. So usually when the asymptomatic people come into my office, I am really heavily considering is this some sort of pseudo edema?
0: Right, but it doesn't. But just because they're asymptomatic doesn't mean you can say, "Hey, okay, you can leave. <laughs> Everything is good. Don't yeah. worry about it." You still have to do a workup. Yeah. And what is involved in your workup? Well, I guess let will start with like your exam in the office.
1: So you know you're going to do your typical exam with your vision, pupils, pressure, dilated exam. The additional things I'd look for is you know testing color vision because remember this is a neuro kind of issue. So you want to see if there's other evidence of optic neuropathy. Um, and then you want to look for a cell to make sure there isn't like a whole pan-uveitis picture. And that's why the nerves look swollen. Usually it's mild, not terrible swelling. And then hypertensive emergency is on the list. So you can do a blood pressure or you should do a blood pressure just to double check.
0: Awesome. And then what about office testing? Is there anything you can do before you send them off to a scanner?
1: Yes. Visual field, OCT, RNFL—they're my favorites. They should be like one button to order both because I (laughs) hate individually clicking.
0: So many. How many clicks draw the day are you are you wasting on?
1: Oh my god! I can't separately order them. Too many to count. I will say that the field is extremely important when you have someone who has swollen optic nerves because when we start to talk about vision-threatening papilledema, oftentimes they're twenty-twenty. Until it it's really a late stage, and so you really need that visual field to determine whether they're starting to lose vision from their if they have severe papilledema.
0: And what pattern do you typically get if it's from papilledema?
1: So initially, if you have anything, it's just going to be the blind spot enlargement, right? You have swollen nerves, and then after that, you'll get peripheral constriction, and it's very late that that peripheral constriction makes it to the center, and then you lose vision potentially permanently so you really have to ask act fast and it doesn't matter if they're 2020 20, if they only have a tiny central island of vision you need to act fast on that
0: if you if you're starting to suspect something else like let's pretend their fields are full and you know vision like everything else is is normal what other tests are you thinking about
1: so Perhaps the nerve might be a little lumpy bumpy so you can get a fundus autofluorescence or a bee skin or an EDI to look for buried drusen. I guess it's more surface drusen if you're sketching it on your autofluorescence. And then if there's any concern that there's associated retinal involvement, um, an OCT MAC and or FA would be helpful.
0: Yeah. Okay. So now you've done all that and let's say that it does seem like that it's elevated icp what do you do next
1: so these people need neuroimaging so i always get an mri and mrv of the brain with and without contrast if you're concerned for optic neuritis you need orbits to make sure you have a very good view of those of those uh, nerves the reason why mri brain should be sufficient for elevated intracranial pressure as you're you're not looking for something subtle. It's going to be a big tumor or a well-placed tumor that's causing elevated intracranial pressure, right? Yeah. And you want to see this signs of elevated intracranial pressure, which there are quite a few. So you're looking for the empty cella, the extra fluid around the uh, optic nerves and the sheaths, the posterior flattening of the globes, the transverse sinus stenosis at that transverse sigmoid sinus junction. And then, of course, you're looking for other things that might be causing it, like a Chiari malformation, but there's a little bit of chicken and egg in that. That's far mm. beyond the boards. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's interesting to hear about. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just to highlight something, because like a, a dum-dum like me would often forget the importance of the MRV, because if, the point of the MRV is to look for venous sinus thrombosis. And if you miss that, then you know, you've missed the actual etiology of the disease, which would have a very different management. So I, I, I feel like the MRV is one of the most important things in terms of like oral boards prep to not miss. Because if you miss that, there could be you know, potentially lethal complications for the, down, for the patient down the road. Uh, okay, you shoved their head in the scanner. Then what?
1: Lumbar puncture. Mm. So assuming there's not like a tumor that gives you the answer, I usually get a lumbar puncture with opening pressure, cell count, cell culture, protein, and glucose. I'm not sure you need to know the labs, but the opening pressure is the big one, right? To ensure that you have have elevated intracranial pressure. And then the other stuff that you get along with it are helpful to see if you have some sort of meningitis picture. Usually it's not going to be like your bacterial meningitis they'll have other meningitic signs so more often it's a aseptic meningitis kind of picture
0: and then is there are there any other labs that you would consider getting in in these patients
1: definitely if there's any concern for an atypical optic neuritis i would you know add Oligoclonal bands, not really necessary for atypical, but it helps complete the picture. And then a demyelinating disease panel, which is going to include your NMO and MOG antibodies.
0: Awesome. Can can you down the tree, what do you do? Let's say that you're you're confident your diagnosis, the lumbar puncture and the MR is essentially confirmatory that this is IAH. What do you do then?
1: So first, decision point comes to vision threatening or non vision threatening so i'll start off with the scary stuff which is vision threatening so you get those visual fields and they're super constricted you need to act fast and you need something to decrease that pressure faster than diamox here it's very institutional dependent but i think the good ones that you can always lean on at least for boards is an optic nerve sheath fenestration which is temporizing relieving the pressure as off of the nerves as you wait to for the intracranial pressure to go down or a VP shunt. There are many different things you can do. Well, not many. There are multiple different things you can do, but I'd say those are good ones for just boards. In terms of the general uh, treatment, if it's non-vision threatening, Diamox would be the treatment the dose is kind of dependent on how bad it is. And I think we all practice a little bit differently, whether we start out low and go up, or if we start out high and how bad is the swelling? How concerned am I? Fall up is also based on how bad I think it is. If I feel like they're at very high risk of vision loss, or I have to reach for one of these emergency procedures, I'm following them up in like two to four weeks if it's really really mild optic disc edema and there's no concern about vision loss i usually start them on diamox and see them in 3 months
0: right and recommend weight loss is that still the hot thing to yes. do yes so i do
1: counsel them on a goal weight loss of 5 to 10% of their weight at the time of diagnosis
0: and what if it's a vst instead what's different about that management
1: If it's a VST, you need to treat that underlying issue. Um, So then it becomes my job is to monitor your eyes while someone else takes care of the underlying issue. And each institution might be a little bit different about who primarily manages it. Uh, Stroke neurology would be someone I would consult and or hematology for management of the anticoagulation. But remember, it takes a long time for these clots to resolve. So you are going to be following them for the papilledema as you wait for these clots to slowly go away.
0: Got it. And it, let's say they have an intracranial mass that's causing all this.
1: Neurosurgery.
0: Yay. Thank God they exist. Yes. And I think that's all we have for this week. Is there anything else you want to mention, Amanda?
1: I think that was a good run through about the highlights of papilledema. Oh, I must say, though, it drives me nuts. So papilledema is bilateral, I guess not necessarily bilateral, but classically bilateral disc edema with associated elevated intracranial pressure. So... Sending someone as a consult for unilateral papilledema drives me nuts because unless you've confirmed that they have high ICP or there's a good reason to think that they have high ICP, don't call it unilateral papilledema. Call it right disc edema or left disc edema.
0: And I mean, that would also kind of push us back into the previous episode about unilateral disc edema, which is a very different differential and workup and and everything. And I could see how like Maybe mixing up that terminology if you're doing it during oral boards might get you dinged or you know, kind of might raise eyebrows and such. So, you know, it's it's good to remember for oral board purposes as well the difference in that terminology between discodema and papilledema.
1: Yeah. My opinion. I have no clue if it's actually something that they would uh, consider, but you know, always go for the style points, whether or not it's actually oral boards points. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not to say life is about oral boards. This <laughs>
1: podcast is about
0: oral boards. And, so. you know, style is more important than everything. In our opinion, uh, professional opinions at Eyes for Ears. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you like what you are you can follow us on Twitter at Eyes for Ears. That's number four. And if you'd like to support the podcast, a rating review on iTunes or wherever you found us is super helpful. Thanks for your time. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.